Hello and welcome back to Minute Bowl. I'm Cuppy Cup, and today we have a very special episode if you're an Oklahoma State fan, because I'm joined by longtime listener, first time caller, Poklahoma. How are things going? Things are going great. Things are going great. How are you, Cup? I'm doing well. I uh, My toddler is starting school for the first time this week, so we're on edge here, but we are, uh, we're going to get through it. Okay. You'll survive. Speaking of surviving, what is the outlook for the Cowboys this year? Are things going well? Well, yeah, I'd say uh, the offseason has gone well. No one has got arrested. <laughs> That's the bar, isn't it, for every team? Yep. Are you going to beat Texas again this year? Well, let's see. Uh, I think it's in Austin, and they have not beaten us in the last five tries in Austin. So, yes, the answer is yes. Good. I'm just going to cut you off now. That's all I wanted to know. Not a problem. (laughs) We had an incredibly exciting weekend of Aggie football because it was the first open practice and only open practice. Of course, I did not go, so I have nothing to report of substance. All right. Based on what I've read, the offense looks fantastic. The defense is incredible. Kellen Mond has made wondrous strides as a QB with a silky smooth throwing motion. So I'm thinking 11 wins. Yeah. Your strength and conditioning coach has everyone really uh, working out hard and yeah, I think I probably picked this to win six games, but this is my one time. You just bring out the the bright spirit inside of me, I guess. Hey, I have that. Uh, I have that effect on people. So. <laughs> you didn't know you were going to be on tonight until like two hours ago. That's about right. You kind of wanted to come on the Bullcast, which is a real show with a lot of people, <laughs> so you could just kind of blend in and pick your spots. But I invited you to just join me as a duo here today. Then I thought the easiest thing to do would be, since we don't really have any common sports knowledge, unless we want to talk about the Big 12 back in the the day, which nobody wants to hear about, I thought we could do a depth chart, which is a segment that we've been running pretty continuously for the last few weeks. And the topic that I threw to you, I thought was going to be super easy because it's movie related. And Uh yeah, everyone knows movies. But as I started to think about this myself, I realized it's probably the hardest one that we've done. Okay. So thank you for doing the prep work required for for today's episode. Uh, The topic is unheralded movies. And of course, I gave you no context or way to interpret that. So so it's pretty much open to however. How did you interpret that? Movies that should review poorly, uh, critically, or didn't make any money. I'm glad that you interpreted it that way because I thought I did until I started to look these up and saw that the critics loved all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just assumed critics hated everything that I liked, but but we'll work through it and we can talk we can talk through it. Absolutely. So our four subcategories of unheralded movies are action, drama, horror, sci-fi, and comedy. So I just went with the the real simple genre breakdown. If neither of us has seen each other's movies, this I have no idea. This could be bo- very boring, but hopefully it won't be. And hopefully it will 
at least reignite a memory for a listener or spark some interest in going to see a movie for the first time. Because after all, this is an educational podcast, I think. Let's get started. Yeah, let's start with your backup in the action category. Swordfish, a movie rated under 40% on Metacritic, despite having Halle Berry and John Travolta in it. Well, that's revolting of the critics. I can't believe they would disrespect Halle Berry like that. (laughs) What do I remember from this movie specifically? John Travolta being very confusing. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? No one really knows. Just like real life, John Travolta. Just like real life, really. (laughs) There's a very famous Halle Berry topless scene in this movie. I was going to ask if if that's why you added this. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, I mean, I think I was probably... 14 when this movie came out 15 so <laughs> memorable part of my life at that point wasn't this movie criticized for having bizarre tech like wasn't the tech really unrealistic i i have to admit i don't remember it that well uh i would say the tech is unrealistic if only because the tech guy gets a blowjob in one of the scenes <laughs> as somebody who works in it i don't believe that's possible very good how about your starter The Boondock Saints. So this movie apparently made less than a million dollars, but still ended up with a sequel. Did it really do that poorly? I'm surprised. That's what it said when I... I believe the site that you looked at. Nothing is wrong on the internet. I agree. (laughs) That was probably box office, right? They must have made more on video. No, more on video, I'm sure. Uh, Any movie about Irish guys from Boston murdering mobsters uh, seems like a good movie to me. Yeah, that, that's a movie that blends in with 20 other movies I've seen, but I know that right. I liked it because of exactly what you described. Irish Guys in Boston Murdering Mobsters was actually a, a rather unique category at one point in time when it came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. And then I get what's the most recent one, The Departed? There's probably been something since then. I'm but, sure there, there's yeah. been something since then. Ben <laughs> Affleck needs to do something, right? My action backup is Six String Samurai uh, from 1998. Have you heard of this one? Uh, No, I have not. So this is pretty under the radar. I'd say it's almost a cult movie, but probably not popular enough. It was surprisingly to me, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Uh, I think that's the bar for fresh. So it was fresh by, by a hair. Okay. It had a $2 million budget and made under $125,000. So I thought it fit, <laughs> <laughs> it fit unheralded pretty well because you're supposed to at least double your budget, I think, uh, in okay. Hollywood. So this was a post-apocalyptic movie. During the Cold War, Russia had nuked the United States. And this movie follows a character called Buddy and a little kid that he saves along the way as they make their way to kind of the last populated city in the u.s called lost vegas at that point oh my goodness so this is a great movie and the reason is the soundtrack is done by the red elvises they're fantastic i don't know if you've ever heard of them but they they're a russian band that like really leans into the the russian part of it but they sing in english very poorly and the lyrics are hilarious and the music's really good. Like they have a, they have a killer drummer and um, they're excellent on guitar and bass. I mean, it's, it's really 
excellent. I've seen them probably 20 times live in concert. And this movie has uh, Love Pipe, Boogie on the Beach, My Love is Killing Me, like some of the classics from this band that were new for the movie. So anyway, I almost didn't include this because of the annoying kid. He screams like throughout the whole movie and it's it's terrible. It's it's a real detractor from Six String Samurai. But that, that was my backup. It probably would have been my starter without the kid, actually. Wow. Okay, well, the whole movie looks like it is on YouTube. Oh, there you You don't even have to pay for it? <laughs> no. If anybody wants to watch along at home while listening to this podcast, <laughs> Amazing. it's available on YouTube, the I, whole movie. I wish I could say I was surprised by that, but <laughs> no one probably even knows who owns the rights at this point because <laughs> it lost so much money. Um, <laughs> so the uh, wants to claim it. It's my second favorite movie now. So my my starter here, this may be cheating because this movie really transcends genre, I think. It could have really fit into any of our categories. And it's okay. I have a cheat later. Don't worry about it. It's Dick Tracy. What? I think I've actually talked about this movie on the Bullcast. I've seen this movie more than any other movie in existence. I probably saw it 50 times at the movie theater. We had a uh, a dollar movie within walking distance of my house, and Dick Tracy was there for like a year. So um, <laughs> I've seen this movie a lot. Uh, it it had it's sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which again uh, I found astonishing. Uh, but it's if you've seen the movie, you know this. It's it's very stylish, very colorful. I really liked the the Dick Tracy cartoon as well. So I think that uh, that helped me like this movie. The cast for this movie is unbelievable. It's probably the worst movie a lot of these people have ever been in. Uh, <laughs> so Warren Beatty is Dick Tracy. Al Pacino's the, the main villain, Big Boy. Dustin Hoffman is Mumbles. Dick Van Dyke is the district attorney. Paul Sorvino's Lips Manless. Mandy Patinkin, 88 Keys. Madonna as Breathless Mahoney. It's And that's probably like leaving out a bunch of famous people. That, that's a star-studded cast. Also, I've just got to say the action figures were fantastic. Again, (laughs) kind of the time and place when I consumed this movie. I had every Dick Tracy action figure, accessory, car, very fond memories of of Dick Tracy, which I probably haven't seen. Let's see. It came out in 1990. I probably haven't seen it since the late 90s. So it's one of those that I'm scared to go back and watch. Right. Yeah. And this had an annoying kid in it, too, which maybe that's a theme from uh, from the movies that I've picked here. I forget what his name was. It was, gosh, it was memorable. And it was actually a famous kid, but I can't remember the actor's name either. He grew up and went on to, to do some real stuff. I will have to disagree with you on one point there. There's no way this is the worst movie Al Pacino's ever made. That's true. That's probably true for most of these people, honestly. Yeah, there are people like Kathy Bates was in this. I don't even have any memory of her being in this movie, but yeah, go, go watch Dick Tracy. Let me know if it's good, and if it is, I'll, I'll watch it again. Okay, I will. Uh, I'll take that risk for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for trusting my judgment on uh, childhood favorite. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was really just trying to uh, buy us time so that I could look up the name of the actor who played the kid. His character name was actually Kid, <laughs> which I couldn't remember. And the actor is Charlie Corsmo, who I said went on to be a famous actor. He is an American lawyer. 
So there you okay. go. Okay. So the acting uh, <laughs> did not pan out. Someone, no. Okay. Oh, he Where? was in Can't Hardly Wait. Maybe maybe that's what I'm remembering. And he was in Hook. So. Wow. There you go. Do you think he uses that uh, to advertise to clients? Or? Uh, he must. Right? He must. He's I, only, I think I would. He's only 41. Uh, he's in Minnesota. I think he's got to use that. I'm going to look up some of his ads. While you're talking about your, okay. your drama movies. About my drama movies. <laughs> so let's go to your drama backup. Okay. My drama backup is The Debt with Helen Mirren from 2010. Uh, actually a 65 on Metascore. And I really enjoyed it, actually. So uh, if you've never seen it, it is. That's me. You're talking to me right now. I've not seen The, the Debt. You've never seen the debt. Okay, so in 1965, three uh, Israeli agents basically uh, cross into Berlin to try to bring back a Nazi war criminal. And it also kind of mixes the two, mixes a flash forward scene uh, throughout the movie Mm -hmm. as you basically learn in 2010 what actually unfolded in 1965 versus what they said unfolded. Okay. So uh, I don't know if you want me to ruin it for you or not. Let's put a pin in that and, and okay. I'll watch it. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I would like that. The uh, um, Obviously I'm now just going through every website I can find about Charlie Korsma, the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's a professor of law at case Western. So he's doing okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does not mention his film career at all on his faculty biography. Really? Yeah, so that's shocking to me. Yeah, who did you say was in the debt? It sounded like good people. Helen Mirren. Oh, Helen Mirren. Yeah, she's the main character. She was in Dick Tracy, right? Uh, she may have been. (laughs) I don't know. She's in a lot of things. She's definitely in one of my later movies. She was a voice actress for another movie I have on my list. Okay, well, I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing that one. <laughs> How about your starter for drama? Sorry that I just cut you off on the plot. I just I felt like... It no, was... I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the movie. I just, <laughs> I feel like it's one that you never hear of. I'm going to get Charlie Cosmo on this podcast. That is a goal. I appreciate you aiming high. Yeah, he's, he's going to be on here. Okay. I'm trying to get Steve Gutenberg, but he... He will engage with me, but never when I ask him to be on the show. I got to do a deep fake, I think, with his face on something. (laughs) To get him to come through. (laughs) My starter for drama is actually Syriana from 2005. I think I'm the only one in my circle who watched it. But now that I look it up, it's a 76 on Metacritic. Wasn't that a Clooney movie? It is a Clooney movie where basically he... Gets sold out. He's a CIA agent who. Are you going to ruin this movie for me? No, he's just looking for weapons, and <laughs> you know some stuff happens with the oil industry. Matt Damon's in it too. Really? I yeah. must have seen. Is this po- is it possible that I've seen this and forgotten? Probably, if you already knew George Clooney was in it. This was right around the tail end of me running a movie website, so I have a lot of knowledge of like plot summaries and release years and leading actors and actresses, but I'd never saw a lot of these movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's about 15 years old. Um, it's about all I got. There is a scene in, with an electrocuted kid in there. Uh, okay. 
a child gets electrocuted in a swimming pool. Is it the kid so, from Dick Tracy? It is not actually. <laughs> it's not Charlie Corsman. Law school now. <laughs> the drama backup that I have is The Cooler from 2003. I just feel like everyone's forgotten about this movie or maybe they've never even heard of it. Have you is have you seen it? William H. Macy. Oh no, it's super popular, isn't it? No, no, I've never <laughs> seen it. I I like to gamble, so it <laughs> comes up from time to time. I just I really like William H. Macy and I love his like kind of uh loser, depressed character in this movie. For no personal reason. relatable? Or? <laughs> just, no, but I'm it just, I like his acting style and I think this is the perfect role for him. And Absolutely. I so he, he obviously is a cooler. He's sent in to provide bad luck for gamblers who are on a winning streak. Works at a, he works for Alec Baldwin actually at a hotel called the Shangri-La. And, you know, they have a, a checkered past. I think Baldwin actually like broke his kneecaps prior to the movie, the movie's beginning. Um, he has a, there's a love story. How did he do that? William H. Macy used to be a gambler. So he owed a lot of money in debt. And I think that uh, him being like the boss of the casino, um, you know, oh, okay. destroyed Paul him. Broke his kneecaps. Yeah. In the movie. Not in real life. Oh yeah. yeah. That would have been a much better story though. Like, How did you know that? Yeah. I have, this is a tendency I have with movies. I refer to the characters by the actors names. And oh, okay. I, when I can't remember them, at least. And that. No, not a problem. I have no idea what William H. Macy's character was called. Um, but he, his love interest was uh, Maria Bello in this movie. So quite unrealistic, probably. Uh, yeah, I would say so. So she was a waitress at the casino. And uh, the, the, the thing that makes this movie somewhat interesting is that she brings like happiness to him. And then he's no longer good as a cooler, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. He's yeah. not a loser anymore. So anyway, that's the movie. It's pretty simple plot wise, but I just really love William H. Macy's performance in it. And I, I think it's worth a watch. Okay. So he gets, he gets fired from the casino, I guess. Or does he <laughs> I can't even remember how it ends. I know oh. Alec Baldwin like schemes to break them up, but I don't remember anything really beyond that. Let's see my starter here. Again, I don't know if it, Totally fits the genre. I went with The Prince of Egypt from 1998, the animated movie from, I don't even know who did it. It wasn't Disney, but it might've been Fox. I don't, I don't know. Um, but then this again, I was, oh, this is actually higher than the cooler. It's 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. So wow. I'm, I'm well into cheating here. These are not unheralded movies, um, but no, I know, but I'd never heard of it. I swear, like, no matter what anyone says, this movie is long forgotten. No one ever talks about The Prince of Egypt. It, it It's most famous for Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey singing the, the signature song from the soundtrack. But I actually like the version from the movie better, which I guess Michelle Pfeiffer sings with Sandra Bullock. Kind of weird combo. What? Yeah. <laughs> but this soundtrack is amazing. It's, yeah, it's like... Uh, there can be miracles if you believe. You've heard that? No? Uh, no, keep singing. What was the what was the next line? I might catch on. <laughs> You've probably heard Whitney Houston sing it. And now I'm singing it to you. 
Okay. No, no. That was great. Oh. That was great. I'm sure the rest of the, the normal <laughs> very minute bold cast will love hearing this one. <laughs> Though hope is frail, it's hard to kill. Oh, now I recognize it. <laughs> I know all the words to every song. They actually sing part of that song in Hebrew, and I think I might be able to do that too. Okay. Um, Val Kilmer's in this, and I after I made my list, I realized he's in like three of my movies. So I might have a Val Kilmer thing. Um, and I also really, really love Real Genius and Tombstone, which aren't here because they're not unheralded. I was going to say, Tombstone is well beyond the rules of this one. Yes, yes. The uh, but Prince of Egypt, you know, it's it's kind of easy easier to do for a animated film, but a star-studded cast. But besides Val Kilmer, you have Rafe Fiennes. I mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer and Sandra Bullock. Jeff Goldblum, Helen Mirren is back. Uh, Danny Glover, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Patrick Stewart. So anyway, it's the story of Moses. I'm not I'm not terribly religious. It's a good story, right? To to okay, set a little yeah. animated singing movie too. You get a little parting of the Red Sea and such. So okay. that's it. That's my little miracle of my list is the Prince of Egypt. Well, I'm happy it included noted underrated actress Helen Mirren in it. Unheralded, yes, for sure. Uh lots of unheralded people in that movie. You uh, you should watch that. That is a good movie. It, I like the way they animated it, too. Although, again, my memory of this is like in 1998 time. So right. it might be just awful to watch now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move it on to the horror, horror, that's a tough word to say for me, horror, sci-fi genre. Did you have a backup? I do have a backup. My backup is actually going to be Alien vs. Predator. Ooh. The fascinating story from 2004 of them basically discovering the two species uh, during an archaeological dig. And Antarctica, this one checks in with a wonderful 29 from Metascore. This is what this depth chart was supposed to be about. (laughs) I I just blew it. That's okay. Yeah. I remember this movie, though. I saw this movie as well. Really? What did you think of this movie? I noted memories from this movie. I remember that it should have been R. It was like very controversial that this was PG-13 because Predator and Alien are both R. And this right. movie, although I don't remember it not being like ultra violent, so No, I you know, I saw the movie and I don't remember that much about it, but with a 29 score, <laughs> it felt like uh, a good I fit. It has to go on the list absolutely. Awesome. How about your starter? Uh, my starter, I may be cheating here, but it terrified me for, let's be honest, it terrified me to this day. Uh, and the movie is Requiem for a Dream. Oh, that is, I don't think that's cheating. (laughs) I'm going to let that go for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to describe this movie. Somebody, a friend of mine described it as 
a movie you will only watch twice, the first time when you have never seen it, and the second time when someone else who's never seen it wants to watch it. Yes. <laughs> just to get their their reaction after seeing it. Oh, gosh. Um, there's yeah. a scene where a refrigerator talks to the guy's mom because she's addicted to amphetamines. There's a notable scene where the main character loses his arm to gangrene. Uh, I remember a scene. Yeah, I think everyone remembers Every- the ending to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the ending of the movie on a podcast. It was Jennifer Connelly, right? Yes. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly's character will do many, many things for a bag of heroin. Mm-hmm. Ass uh, to ass. <laughs> Good time. I'm actually depressed. I haven't just... seen the movie in 20 years, and I'm <laughs> depressed just thinking about the scene with all the flashlights in it. It's not necessarily unheralded 68 Metacritic score, but uh, my notes said it only made $3 million at the box office. Yeah, that's not too remarkable. This It's exactly what you said. This made money because people in their 20s told each other, you have to watch this if you haven't seen it. Right. If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious <laughs> to make your friends watch it who've never seen it. But it's like showing Goatsy to someone for the first time. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a, a similar 20 phenomenon. 20-year-old version of Goatsy. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. My horror backup is The Black Cauldron. I have a lot of animated movies on my list. I didn't realize you do it have a lot of- Dick Tracy's kind of animated, even though it's real people. It feels even animated. It does feel animated now that I think about it. I, I did watch that movie as a kid. Yeah, everyone, I think, has seen it. Yeah, I'm sure. Even if it was just on TBS. But so my backup's The Black Cauldron from 1985, a Disney movie. But at the age I was at in 1985, I'm classifying this as a straight horror film. (laughs) Uh, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it almost kind of fits the bill for what we're trying to do here. Um, Gosh, it still gives me the creeps just thinking about this movie. It was kind of like... uh, Lord of the Rings meets Night of the Living Dead, but animated. And the main villain, the Horned King, he's like the leader of the dead. He's one of the coolest looking villains of all time. Uh, so go look up the Horned King if you're not familiar. The movie bombed. So that was another reason I thought it was a good candidate for this list. Even though it was, you know, had all the, the hype and backing of a Disney animated film, uh, the movie did terribly at the box office. It has a an awesome Elmer Bernstein score. He did like every cool movie for 30 years. Well, not every cool movie, but a lot of them. He did To Kill a Mockingbird, Ghostbusters, Animal House. Um, so the music is incredible. And really close to my heart is a computer game from Sierra, my favorite maker of computer games of all time. They had a Black Cauldron game and it was okay. really it was really good. Uh, I loved that game and uh it was good. It like started with you chasing a pig around just Henren, I think was the name of the pig in this movie. You're chasing the pig around and you have to like bribe it with an apple, you know, classic Sierra. When I was searching for this, I wanted to make sure Sierra was the maker of this game. And I found a YouTube video of a complete walkthrough of the game. So I'll be watching that after we're done recording. <laughs> okay. Uh, my starter here. And I think I've talked about this on the bullcast too, is tales from the crypt presents demon night. From 1995. Uh, This is a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has one of my favorite opening movie sequences of all time. 
Uh, it's a it's a car chase. The soundtrack is filters. Hey man, nice shot. It's such a good scene. If you don't watch the movie, just watch the opening scene. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. Okay. Billy Zane is the main villain, and he's hilarious. He's so good. I know people think of Billy Zane as being like a crappy actor from Titanic and stuff like that, but he's really good in this movie. Um, I guess he's like the head demon, or maybe he's the devil. I don't. I think he might be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I actually, he was so good. I went through like looking for movie quotes, like his best lines from the movie and none of them were good, which reinforced that he's good in this because it's his delivery of the lines that made them, uh, made them hit for me. Cause like just reading them off would have been terrible because they weren't that good. Uh, That's incredible. The, the protagonist, the main character is Jada Pinkett. Now Jada Pinkett Smith, of course, course. Um, she's pretty good in this movie. So, uh, yeah, check it out. If you especially if you were a a fan of the HBO series Tales from the Crypt. okay, much better than Bordello of Blood, which was like the follow up. Well, I mean, clearly, yeah, although that has an Angie Everhart uh, lesbian scene that might be might be worth checking out (laughs) (laughs) if I remember correctly. So, yeah, but otherwise, Demon Knight's the way to go. I'd be amazed if you remembered that. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I remember from movies that came out in the eighties <laughs> uh, and nineties. Makes sense. So our final category, is it our final? I think it is. Is, is the fourth one on the list? Yeah. Yes, sir. Comedy. So let's round out our depth chart with comedy. What did you have as your backup? Uh, my backup is the 2005 satire. Uh, thank you for smoking. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, see if we've both seen it, then maybe it I can pick another one. No. Yeah. It probably doesn't count, especially since now that I'm looking at it, a 71 critic score. Uh, I thought I was the only one in the world who had seen it. No, I think I have a burn. The FBI is going to come to my house. The FBI shows up at your house. It won't be the movies thereafter. I think I have a legitimate copy of this movie somewhere. Um, Two Face was in this movie. Yes, he was. Aaron yeah. Eckhart, Two-Face. Yeah. Two-Face, a satire of Big Tobacco's lobbying in, uh, attempts in the early 90s. Aaron Eckhart delivers one of my favorite lines when talking about when being asked why he lobbies for tobacco. He says, everyone has a mortgage to pay and then calls it the yuppie Nuremberg defense. It's good. It's good. I don't. I don't particularly remember anything from this movie, though. Uh, See, therefore it's unheralded. Yeah, I think so. The I wonder if uh, what's his name Eckhart Adam Adam Eckhart. Uh, Aaron. Eckhart? Yeah, he he probably doesn't want to be remembered as Two Face, as no. Harvey Dent. Maybe he hasn't been in that much stuff. I don't know. Hold on here. He's in Sully, but he's not Tom Hanks. So, yeah, maybe he's just Two Face. Yeah, uh, from looking at it here, he's face. Yeah. Uh, known okay. for The Core and In the Company of Chad from 1997. No, he's not. He's Two-Face. Yeah, he's Two-Face. Yeah, that's fine. I feel good about that then. And, oh my gosh, Maria Bello's in this too. So a little throwback yeah. to the cooler. All right. Very good. And William H. Macy. Whoa, they just like travel as a pack. They just keep working together. Yeah, this is like the brat pack of uh, 
boring adult films. <laughs> boring adult <laughs> actors. <laughs> That'll work. Amazing. How about your comedy starter? It was an episode of Frasier. So he's got that going for him. I'm a hundred percent sure I saw that episode, although I can't, can't think of which one it was right now. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, my starter is Kentucky fried movie from 1977, a series of sketches that, uh, kind of kicked off the genre in my opinion. This, uh, I see, this is a movie that I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I've heard, I know of it. You know of it? What do you know of it? it? Let's talk about that. No, like I knew the type of movie it was and that it was a predecessor to all the good 80s movies. But I don't think I've actually seen it. It's a series of sketches. Let me describe it. It's a series of dad joke sketches, basically. There's a satire of a porn film where a college student walks up to the professor and says, show me your nuts. And then he acts insane. There you go. I like it. There you got that going for it. You know, it's a series <laughs> of things like that where everybody's dad gets their humor, humor from. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can watch this one. I think I'd like it. Okay. Yeah, I think you should. It's probably available online as well. Mm-hmm. I, the good thing about unheralded movies is they're much easier to watch for free. <laughs> they are much easier to watch for free because no one would pay for them. My backup is. Probably owes a little nod, a little hat tip to Kentucky Fried Movie, and also a big nod to Airplane, is Top Secret from 1984. I thought this was like a great poll for this category, and then I saw it was 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, This is Val Kilmer's film debut. So again, I have a Val Kilmer thing going on here with my list. He plays like a rock star trying to infiltrate... Um, wartime Germany, I think. If that's not right, just let me know in the comments. No, my, that's what it looks like. Yeah. My memories of this movie are very sketchy. But this, Omar Sharif is in this, and Peter Cushing. So you've got Dr. Zhivago and Grand Moff Tarkin right there in this uh, satirical movie. Uh, there are a lot of really good like singing and dancing parodies. Um, the most famous scene is probably where Two of them are wearing a cow costume, like trying to blend in with a, a herd of cows. And it, it owes so much to Airplane. It even has an exclamation point in the title, just like Airplane does. Don't get me wrong. It's not as good as Airplane, but Airplane's not unheralded. Well, Air, so. yeah, Airplane's not unheralded. Yeah, and apparently neither is this. So my starter here is The Money Pit with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long from 1986. Yes. This was probably my favorite movie until Dick Tracy came out when I was a kid. I Why was this your favorite movie as a kid? I don't know. It's so weird because the plot is all about fixing up a house. Right, about the horrible home repair. Which is like very adult humor. But right. I think there was just something about Tom Hanks. Uh I don't know if Bosom Buddies was out yet when I watched this movie, but I, that was my favorite TV show. Uh, so I, I really like Tom Hanks and Bosom Buddies. So that okay. may have had something to do with it. And I like Cheers, too. So Shelley Long being in it, it might have just been that actor recognition. Uh, but yeah, it's just a house. Everything breaks in a comical way. The best scene is probably 
Tom Hanks, and you can watch this on YouTube because I just watched him again before we recorded. Uh, he flips uh-huh. a light switch and it starts a fire that like goes up around a door frame, ends up blowing out the backsplash in the kitchen, starts a blender, sets that on fire, blows up the popcorn machine, uh, blows up a TV where Julia Child is is you know having her show on the TV. Eventually, the ending of the scene it it blows a turkey out of the oven in the kitchen. Uh-huh goes through the kitchen window, then through another bathroom window in the house where Shelly Long's getting dressed and the turkey lands in a bucket there in the bathroom. So it's like this mousetrap game, Rube Goldberg machine type thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's amazing. The, the other, I mean, there's like a million of the same gag in this movie, people falling through floors and getting trapped. Uh, the thing, the other thing I remember is there's like a fountain that, uh, urinates out in the front yard. I don't, okay. I don't remember the joke, but <laughs> I don't. That was memorable for me. My my parents had this movie on VHS, but uh, like we said, a movie about horrible home repairs. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot wasn't of sense. In my wheelhouse as a kid. Yeah, I just I loved it. And my so my brother's four years older than I am, and I always uh-huh. ended up liking the movies that he liked. And uh-huh. Top Secret and The Money Pit were definitely two movies that he liked. So. That I mean, he wasn't building houses or, or you right. know, having a mortgage or anything. So this movie's still a bit of a mystery. Um, maybe Was now there that a scene I in that movie where a bathtub falls through the floor. Yes, yes, there is. I think I have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's right. anything that you can imagine in a house falls through the floor in this movie, <laughs> and Tom <laughs> Hanks gets trapped under it. All right, that's kind of the theme. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it again. I'm kind of scared to rewatch it. I do have a house now, so maybe I'll understand some of the jokes. Yeah, some of the jokes will be more relatable. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just I wanted am- to feel more sophisticated as a child. Yeah, I can see that about you. <laughs> uh, I almost added quick change to my list. Did you see that? Go it's ahead. The, the, the bank heist movie with Bill Murray, and I don't even remember who else was in it, but it's like an all-star cast of comics. Um, no, I've never seen that movie. They dressed up as clowns and robbed a bank. And I just, I love that movie, but it's one of those things where it's so old that I just don't remember much about it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a challenge. (laughs) I was looking at the first comedy on my list here. And then that's when I think I realized that I was doing it wrong. I started off with blazing saddles. Yeah. That might not be unheralded. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I was going the wrong direction there. That's all right. I think you did a good job. You did a better job than I did finding the low Metacritic scores. So, Dang. This was fun. I, I appreciate it. I hope I contributed. Very good. Something interesting to talk about. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, Can you imagine what it would have been like if it was just me here reading off a list of movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad I could contribute. I would, I, would have li- <laughs> I would have listened to it the next day, but I would be the only hey, one. I'm a subscriber. Don't worry. <laughs> you would have listened. <laughs> you you would have listened and then asked uh, to borrow the money pit. So uh, yeah, no, I think, you know what? My mom might still have it on VH. <laughs> Outstanding. It was like, uh, you know, the show fixer upper, but actually good and funny. <laughs> So, oh, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. They should actually remake that movie with Chip and Jojo. It'd probably make a billion dollars. Oh, I'm sure it's a, <laughs> I'm sure it'd make a billion dollars. Do you know anybody who's been down there to the Chip and Jojo Disneyland experience? My mom has been there 
And oh man. I think my wife went with her. I should know that. I don't know. <laughs> you might know, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. But uh I think I think they did go together, but they didn't like stay at the hotel. They just went to the store and oh, okay. kind of poked around the town and looked at some of the houses they redid. Which gotcha. gosh, then, that's gotta be terrible for the people who live in those houses. Just absolutely. Having, having elderly people come not that my wife and mother are elderly, but no, no, no. no <laughs> I imagine eighty percent eighty percent of the viewers are. Uh, oh, so absolutely. elderly people just like stopping by, looking in your windows Taking all day. Pictures at your house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't like yeah. that one bit. The main house from uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if you know anything about this. These poor people, but they are elderly, and eventually oh. they like uh, Albuquerque police have to be out on their street like every week, or at that's, least they did. That's terrible during the filming. Well, because there's a scene in the show where he throws a pizza on the roof. Uh-huh. I, I know. So everyone that. everyone tried to recreate that and then take pictures of themselves standing next to the, the house with the pizza on the roof. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I think at oh, that well. point you've got to line your roof with tinfoil and just take the pizza. I think so. <laughs> I think so. But yeah, their poor daughter was like, look, please stop coming by my parents' house and throwing pizza on the roof. I'll try to invite you back to a real show where we have a bowl well, cast or, or some, if the- you want to have me back, I'd love to drop in from time to time. Maybe we'll play Oklahoma state in the Texas bowl someday. That'll be fun. Yeah. I know there's a basketball game down there in January. We're going to go to. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to talk about basketball. <laughs> we, show up the basketball game. We yeah. have a basketball show though. So I could hook you up with those guys. Do you really have a basketball show? We do. I should know the name of it being the person <laughs> who put orchestrates God. these things. Uh, it's like the Aggie basketball weekly or something. Okay. The weekly. How many shows do you have? We have so many. Some of them have only recorded one episode ever. Uh, we have dad as hell, which I think yeah. we did two episodes of that. Okay. Uh, we have the minute bowl, the bowl cast. We've right. never been clicked. Right. We have one called recall, which is like uh reliving old Aggie games. They recorded oh, wow. one episode, lost the footage or the recording. And I think they got frustrated. So, okay. That may never make it to the channel. No, I like, we've never been clicked. I listened oh, to that one too. Good. I listened to the one with Ben baby and, uh, we have our most exciting guest of all time coming up this week who I'm not going to announce because I don't want to jinx it. Okay. But stay tuned for Thursday or Friday's episode of that. All right. Well, that'll be exciting. Thank you for the segue on that. The, <laughs> the unintended segue. No problem. Good. Good, good, good. All right. And uh, if you're listening. Oh, yeah. Did you have a parting shot for the the listeners? I have a parting shot. The they can't follow you on Twitter, aren't you private? Uh, not anymore, I don't think. Oh, okay. I got, old. I got tired of it. <laughs> About having to manage the list? Yes, it's exhausting. So you're at Poklahoma, right? P O K E Oklahoma. K E L A H O M A. Okay, yeah. good. Oklahoma. Well, we Can like you. You've on? you've been around uh, for a long time and being a non Aggie is like a special thing for us that you, well, that you follow you know, our stuff. You know, well, uh, you're, you're an Aggie, like an Okie state Aggie, I guess. Absolutely. 
As somebody who's lived in Texas for 20 years, I know enough Texas A&M people. That's true. Yeah, that's good, too. Enough close friends. I've been down there five or six times for games. So I've been to plenty of A&M games. Yeah, you're you're like borderline t-shirt fan. Uh, you know what? If I could have got into the school, I probably would have gone. Oh, well, there are, our, our, our listeners will love to hear that, so... <laughs> okay, couldn't put it in there then yeah very good no but all right, man. all right if you're listening thank you for subscribing uh follow us on reddit you're, you've posted on our reddit we have a new I have. a new subreddit called good bull hunting just one word go check us out over there leave a comment on the post on good bull hunting follow us at gb hunting and i'm at cuppy cup so That's all for now. We'll see you later in the week.